How's it going, everyone? This is Brad Williams with Over 40 Fitness Hacks. I have my new season co-star with me, Dr. Mitchell Yaz. How's it going, Dr. Mitchell? It is awesome to be with you, Brad. Looking to spread the gospel about being pain-free and having the life you so justly deserve. Awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, let's, uh, Dr. Mitchell, let's switch gears a little bit. I'm staring at your background now, uh, right oh, there. Yeah. Misdiagnosis equals chronic pain. Like Correct. To, like, d- dive into chronic pain a little bit. And, you know, after that, we can kind of go into the YAS method. Sure. Um, but, sure. you know, obviously everyone would like to get a hold of someone, you know, right after the injury, the acute injury where, you know, it's probably the best to get a hold of it. But that's not what humans do. We wait, we take long, then we finally go see the medical doctor or it used to be like that. Then we go see the chiropractor, physical therapist, and get it. So, what's what's your take on chronic pain? Is you know, is there a certain percentage of, of of injuries out there that are more likely to get better, or can you fix everything? Let's so, yeah. So, so before you talk about chronic pain, you really have to talk about acute pain, right? Because yeah. let's let's just get some basic parameters down. Pain is an indication of a tissue in distress. That's why you get pain, right? A tissue goes into distress. It needs you to know it's in distress so you can provide an intervention to help resolve the distress of that tissue. And once that's done, it's no longer in distress. It never has to emit the emergency distress signal of pain, right? So we know that. Now, we know that that distress signal occurs at its inception of distress. The the pain you feel is not happening six months before the distress, six months after the distress, it begins at the inception. It is, everyone has to wrap their head around. You're not having pain for no reason. That pain comes out because that tissue isn't working and you need to know that so you could resolve the distress of that tissue. Now we have to recognize that every tissue creates a different type of symptom. So if you're having pain at your ankle, you don't say, shit, I think I'm having a heart attack. Right. But if you're having pain at your chest and your left arm, you say, shit, I'm having a heart attack (laughs) because you've established that that particular symptom represents that tissue in distress. Right. If you're having pain at your elbow, you don't say, shit, I think I'm having a stroke. But if the entire left side of your body goes numb, you say, shit, I think I'm having a stroke. (laughs) Right. Because you've established that that symptom represents a specific cause. So people do kind of know that. They just don't know that or that concept has been lost when we talk about the neck, the back, and the peripheral joints, right? Mm -hmm. That's the key. So once we understand that, so someone has an injury. Let's take, I'll give you one that really kind of enrages me, is the person who has the car accident. Yeah. So they had a car accident, they have neck pain, right? Let's say they're having neck pain. First off, what's the typical diagnosis given for that? For the person they put the collar on, they went to the emergency room. What are they told they have? Whiplash. Yep. Muscle relaxers, a cone now. uh... Right. (laughs) So the diagnosis is whiplash, right? Now, remember what I just told you. You noticed that when you had pain at your chest and your left arm, that was a representation of your heart in distress. That's, that's an organ. That's a tissue. If you went totally numb on your side, that's distress of the brain, a tissue. So for you to have a proper diagnosis, you got to name a tissue. Because if not, how do you know what to treat? How do you know what's in distress? Right? This yep. is straightforward logic. This is, that, by the way, this isn't medical. This, this is 
Hippocrates this created common this common sense analytical thinking yes, here. <laughs> and that, that's, by the way, that's what Hippocrates was. He was just a logician. He created the word diagnosis. He created the word symptoms. This guy understood. He just looked at people and said, well, they're having these symptoms. I've got to figure out what the symptoms are. That's what makes sense. So I'm following what's been around for quite a long time. So we understand that you have to name a tissue. So I'll ask you, what is the tissue named in the diagnosis whiplash? There's I have no idea. No <laughs> tissue. Can you, can, can you find whiplash on an anatomy chart? I don't no. think you can. Right. And that's the danger of the diagnosis. And that's why they use the diagnosis. So if you have whiplash, I can send you to a chiropractor. I can send you to a neurologist. I can send you to an orthopedist. I can send you to a physical therapist. I can send you to a shaman. I can send you to a candle maker. <laughs> I can send you to anybody. And as long as there's some general sense that that person has something to do with car accidents, you you'll get treated. Insurance but you never get better. Right. <laughs> but you never get better. Right. That's the problem. The person, and yeah, people who have been in, in pain for a decade. And when I contact them, I say, so what brings you here? Tell me what's causing your pain. They said, I was in a car accident 10 years ago. Think logically. Are you implying that an incident that occurred 10 years ago is still responsible for your pain? What possible insanity yeah. can draw you to that conclusion? So your body did it not generate cells to repair the thing. I doubt that. Is, isn't it make more sense that something we just said, pain is an indication of a tissue in distress, that there's some tissue still in distress that you haven't identified, therefore it's continuing. Doesn't that seem to make more sense? And since you never got a diagnosis that was real, because no one identified a tissue, it would make sense that the tissue unidentified <laughs> remained unidentified for a decade, right? That's it. You see how, you see how dangerous this is? So- what you want to understand is that you need to get the right diagnosis in the acute phase. And what's the method that the medical global medical establishment uses the MRI. Everybody, I don't care where your pain is. Oh, you got pain in your shoulder. Come on. Let's MRI, go get yep. an MRI, right? Back MRI, ankle MRI. Don't now. say anything. You're fine. Or you find a structural variation. Oh yeah. Herniated disc, arthritis, pinched arm. And because it's found at the time you're having your pain, it is asserted to be the cause of your pain. That is what is known as correlative theory. Now we're going to go completely out of medical. We're going to talk straight scientific understanding, evidence-based understanding of how things work. Correlative theory is the lowest form of logic. Anyone who knows about logic or has been trained in logic knows that it's meaningless. Anything that could be tried to be established through correlative theory is basically being falsified as being a fact. Yeah. Correlative theory says that if you open your front door when the sun rises, you could say opening your front door causes the sun to rise. <laughs> and I can show it to you because every day you're going to stand at my front door and I'm going to open the front door and the sun's going to rise. There's a correlation after, to that. I see it. Right? I'm showing it to you. The sun, I'm opening the door. There's the sunrise. Open the door. Okay. So that's correlative theory. And that's what's being used. The structural variations identified at the time of your pain, therefore, it's the cause of your pain, correlative theory. So let's see if we can kind of deconstruct correlative theory. Okay, I'm going to show you that an MRI, on an MRI, you have two elbows at the time of your pain. You do have two elbows, I assume. 
The MRI will show you. There you go. You have two elbows. The MRI shows. So why can't I say two, having two elbows is the cause of your pain? It is the exact same theoretical <laughs> basis. Right? The MRI exact, showed it. Exactly. Right? So right off the bat, now you got to start wondering. This is a little bizarre. Now I see what he's saying. It, it's very just correlative. It's no causation shown. Well, now let's take it to another form. For every hypothesis, there's a null hypothesis, and both must be true to be considered fact. Hypothesis, herniated disc caused back pain. What would be the null hypothesis? People without back pain have no herniated discs. This is science. This is how it works. Anyone who's creating a scientific model to establish facts, <laughs> you have to have a hypothesis and a null hypothesis. Yep. This is how it always works, right? Herniated disc caused pain. No hypothesis, people without pain. So we did this study and the people that, oh my God, like 70 to 80% of people who have pain have herniated discs. Wow. There you go. Oh my God. Sounds good. Sounds like fact, right? Oh, all right. Let's just go to the no hypothesis and confirm it. So we now go to the people who don't have pain and we do an MRI in 1994. They do that. They do a study on people who have no back pain. 70 to 80% are found to have herniated or bulging discs. <laughs> That's Whoops. 1994. <laughs> yep, that's a problem. Now, so so that's a really incredible red flag, not just to medical, but to logic. It's telling you that they're independent variables. So you would think that would have been a huge thing to come out, and the media should have. That's 1994. We're talking about 30 years ago, right? But you see, an MRI machine costs a million bucks. Yeah, no, we can't stop using it. So. Not once we decided it was one of the greatest fallacies ever. It is by far the greatest fa fallacy ever perpetuated on mankind. Nothing that not bleeding, not lobotomies for behavior, not certain medications. The use of the MRI, it is now 40 years into it, never finds the cause of pain. It is baseless. Here's the worst part. Remember what I told you when we first started this conversation about what I found the, the most the greatest indictment of the failure of it is the fact that the symptoms people are having are not the symptoms they should have if the structural variation identified were to be in distress. Yeah. That's the biggest indictment. So the presentation of symptoms is not what it should be. So how could you say that that tissue is creating that symptom when it's not the symptom the, the tissue should create? I, I mean, how much clearer can that be? And yet, 40 years into this, you want to know why there's a chronic pain problem. It's easy. It's misdiagnosed acute pain. That's your answer. And we're still doing it 40 years later. 40 years later. We still rely and it, on the MRI. And it's, and it's not gotten any worse. It, it's not gotten any better. It's only getting worse. So you, if you want to understand, just to get you some kind of factual basis of what happened. So we're deep into the shit. We're deep into the 1990s. And, and, and pain is out of control. By the way, if you would have gone to the 1970s and done a study on the population, only old people were suffering with chronic pain. There was no such thing as not chronic pain, but sustained pain. Yeah. Um, only old people had that. And they called it rheumatism. And it was usually people that were then retired. Oh, that's a red flag. What, what yeah, happens when you retire? Anymore. That's right. So remember that. Keep that in mind. Everybody else is doing fine, right? 
Now we end up in the 1980s, 1990s. We have advancements in technology, automation, phones, laptops. Now everybody's basically not doing anything manual. Everything is automated. And people are spending too much time on their phones and on their laptops. And as a result, they're using their muscles less. So there's a high susceptibility to straining. What do you notice? The age group of people suffering with this sustained pain went from over the 60s and 70s all the way down to the teens now. Everybody's suffering. And it's globally. Right. So you have to account for that. OK, mm-hmm. so it's a muscular cause. Right. So we know that's the cause. We realize that MRIs can't find any of these muscular causes. That strained muscle or that imbalance or the misalignment of a joint surface due to a weakness or imbalance of a muscle attached to the structure of the joint uh, muscles impinging on nerves. None of that shows up. So we have this high level of people now, this vast number of people suffering with pain. They're using the MRI, which can identify all causes of pain. It's using correlative theory and the symptoms the person's having don't match what it should be if that structure was to create pain. That's going to lead to like 95%, 98% misdiagnosis. So now all the treatments are failing, the surgeries, the epidural nerve block, the advent of pain medication, opioids. Everyone likes to talk about this opioid epidemic uh, being about 18-year-old young men who are just trying to get drugs and they found the cheaper way of finding, uh, instead of street heroin, they're getting it. If that were true, if this was about the use of heroin, when would the opioid epidemic have occurred? The 1960s, when heroin use, LSD heroin use was at its highest. That was 18-year-olds using these drugs. So certainly if that was the demand, every pharmaceutical company in the world would have said, okay, well, we'll give it to you. We'll do it that way. That wasn't a big enough demand. That wasn't enough to drive them to do the R&D necessary to create these drugs. Nope. They got the You needed a massive population, a huge population, much bigger than that. When I wrote my first book in 2008, 75 million Americans suffered from chronic pain. By 2013, 130 million Americans. This is now 10 years ago. 130. That's one out of every three Americans suffering from chronic pain. A billion people worldwide suffering from chronic pain. That's demand. So the opioid epidemic is a direct result of the chronic pain epidemic. Irrefutable, historically being able to be proven. So we have this situation with this acute pain not being identified properly. And so the tissue and distress, which happens to be a muscle, just as sustained. Remember, you're still having to try to live your life. Even if you're in pain, you still got to get up, try to work. Maybe you have to take care of your kids. Maybe you want to do recreational stuff, whatever it is. You're still trying to move. And if your muscles aren't strong enough, all the muscles required to do the activity, they're going to strain and elicit pain. So the trigger for chronic pain is still there. The tissue in distress is still in distress. It's still unidentified. Therefore, it continues to elicit the emergency signal of pain. So Chronic pain must always be understood in almost all cases as misdiagnosed um, acute pain. Yep. What, what, what goes uh, past chronic pain? Is there a point where it's just unsalvageable? You can't help someone or is it? Oh, that, that's just- a, God, that's a great, great question. Oh, my God. That's such a great question because there's so many people there. So here's, here's the danger of chronic pain. So 
there is so if we if we just kind of go i just want to just real to hit this point i want you to understand mm-hmm. how we end up where we are right now and people's perception of this 2007 the american college of physicians has figured out something really bad is wrong college of physicians guys who set all the guidelines for every doctor in the united states they do a 20-year literature search on people suffering with back pain 20 years of cases they review that's a lot of cases this is their recommendation they established that of those people who seek care for back pain 85 percent fall into a category of non-specific back pain meaning like they don't see a knife in their back they don't see a bone sticking out right there is no obvious structural variation that's 85 (laughs) right right so 85%, that, that's the vast majority of people, fall into this nonspecific back pain. They established that any attempt to categorize their pain with any type of structural abnormality identified on an X-ray or MRI accomplishes zero in terms of improving outcome. Zero, zero. They actually recommend, and, and that, in fact, this use of the MRI is leading to unnecessary treatments and unnecessary costs. They recommend that the proper way to address back pain is to do a thorough history and physical evaluation. Oh, that's right. It's at the core of what I do for a living, the YAS method. That is the basis of the evaluation, right? So that's 2011. It was shown on page 35 in a tiny paragraph on the, in the New York Times. Nobody wants to know this, right? The money Pain became the behemoth of the medical system. More money is spent on that than anything else. So that's ignored. We get to 2000 and I think it's 2013. The National Institute of Medicine, which falls into the National Institute of Health, does a position paper. And this, this is critical. This was huge. They established, that's when they finally determined 130 million Americans, $700 billion a year being spent on pain. Coronary uh, 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 cardiovascular disease, $400 billion. Chronic pain, $700 billion. All right, now here's the big thing. Their conclusion is that the reason people have chronic pain is not because there's this continued tissue in distress. In fact, they think they've done everything perfectly, right diagnosis, right treatment. The person's brain just arbitrarily is shooting off these pain signals. It's arbitrary. We have to stop that. Well, (laughs) if it's arbitrary and it's not from a tissue, is there a way of addressing something specific? No, there's no tissue. So their recommendation to addressing chronic pain, this is the national, this is the American government. The American government says a full-blown permit position paper the only way to address chronic pain is through hypnosis and pain management. Which is opioids. Right. Now, Dr. Raz, that within a week or two after that, actually does an, a, a show about this and has four pain management doctors on there talking about the ways that they think they should address your pain. Now, think about this. I, I, everyone really needs to understand. It's not their fault in chronic pain. They're in chronic pain. I want everyone, anyone to hear me. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I don't care what anyone has tried to convince you of. I don't care if someone said it's in your head. I don't care if people are trying to say you're not trying enough. I don't want anyone to say, oh, uh, it's me. It's me. Bullshit. It's mm-hmm. a system. It is systemic. And one of the reasons is because the entire American government 
has gone out and said that your pain is basically just arbitrarily shooting off and it's not from a tissue in distress. Therefore, there's nothing that can be done with it. All you could do is try to control your pain, manage your pain. That's insanity. Yep. We're supposed to live with this for the rest of our lives. Right. So what happens to the culture? What happens to the culture? The culture begins, begins to accept the idea that chronic illness and chronic pain are synonymous. That chronic pain is no different. Cirrhosis of the liver, stenosis of the heart, deterioration of the kidney, any of these things are the equivalent of chronic pain. So when you have your failed back fusion or your hip replacement, or you've tried all these other things and you're still in pain, well, that's just part of life now. And you simply have to accept that. Yeah. Now, um, that gets hard to accept. So people begin to get frustrated and anxious and have anxiety and hopelessness. And many, many, many become suicidal and kill themselves. And the reason there has been a rise to the psyche, the reason there's been a rise over the last decade in, in depression and suicide is nothing more than the uncontrolled chronic pain that people have had and no answer to resolving it because a system has been willing to make money be the primary answer to what they should be doing. And instead of recognizing all, all the evidence, not a little, not part, not a majority, all the evidence is that the MRI is baseless. 40 years into this, they're still playing that same game. And it's global. It's global. This is the great people talk about misinformation and all this other shit with COVID. This is the home run ball. This is the king of all kings. And at some point, and I hope it's in my lifetime, this is going to come out. And it gets and exposed. Yeah. It has to get exposed. And, and, that's what ha- and that's what happened. The institutions, the government made that claim. And all of a sudden you took all hope away from everybody. And that's now the rise of all these psyche problems, depression, suicide and everything. And and you have you have to understand how sick, how perverse this is. There is a website out called Curable. I think it is. It's an app. And I'm telling you, I read it and I wrote something. They said on their app, all pain is created in the head, in the brain. That is the greatest lie ever created. That is even Hippocrates is laughing right now in his grave for someone to say that you have pain receptors. That's in connected to your brain. Yeah, right. Clearly. When I, and so I wrote, when I'm having a heart attack, the pain is coming from my brain, not my heart. When I'm having a kidney stone, the pain, the pain is from the kidney, it's from my head. When I have a paper cut, you're saying it's not from my skin, it's from my brain? Are you out of your fucking minds? Are you out of your mind? And so what you see is, hey, man, I'm in pain, and no one's been able to help me. Guess what? I'll pay 39 bucks for that app. I'll pay it, whether it works or not. At this point, I'm so desperate. What yeah, the hell does it? They gave him hope. <laughs> and when it doesn't work, all you did was depress them even further yeah, and made them. Here, here's what I want you to really appreciate from my perspective. You know what that is? That's making someone 
have one step closer to believing that there was never an answer to resolving their pain. And there is. It's called the YAS method. Yes. The YAS method that can evaluate and establish what tissue is in distress by doing a physical evaluation and determining what those symptoms are telling you as to what tissue is creating those symptoms. That's real. That's irrefutable. It is unmatched. It is law. It is the truth. And that's what I battle on a daily basis. That's why I think I was chosen for this. So, Dr. Mitchell, um, how can uh, some of my listeners get a hold of you? Do you have a website, email? What's, what's the best way? So there's two primary ways to get in touch with me. You could go to the website, which is kind of easy to remember, livewithoutpains.com, livewithoutpains, plural.com. And also uh, by email, I'll always answer emails, is Mitch at mitchellyas.com. It's dr. M-I-T-C-H at M-I-T-C-H-L-L-Y-A-S-S dot com. Those are the two primary ways you can get in touch with me. Okay. And I think it'd be beneficial for everyone listening out there if it resonates with you, you know, at least get a, a screening consultation. It'll do you wonders. Um, like always, I'll put all those links, uh, Dr. Mitchell just said, in the descriptions for the podcast. You can just click on it, get right to them. Uh, Dr. Mitchell, I just want to thank you so much for being on my show. I mean, we could talk for hours, which <laughs> I'm hoping to get you back on. So I appreciate it. It's great. And, and, and it was really good uh, talking to you. And um, I think we got into some real good information that will help people, I, I pray, recognize they kind of have to take some responsibility in terms of figuring out how to move forward in terms of addressing their pain and recognize that the existing model isn't working for a reason. And um, they have to be strong and decide to step outside of it. Yep. So. It's as simple as continue educating yourself, people. Don't, don't ever stop. Don't ever stop yeah. moving. Don't ever stop educating yourself. Absolutely.